The following is brought to you in association with and from a proud partner of the Shining Wizards Network. Entertainment here. This is Radioactive Metal, your source for news, views, tunes, and interviews. Here are your hosts, Snowy, Rock, Kareen, and Aaron.
What's up, everyone? Welcome to a 2020-24 episode of, Ra- of Radioactive Metal. This is episode 767. And I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. And dear listeners, this episode is brought to you by the fine folks at True Cult Coffee. T-R-V-E-K-V-L-T Coffee.com. Head out to the website at bare minimum get on the mailing list because you don't want to miss the special things these guys do. The regular coffee they have is fantastic. Get some coffee if you are so inclined. We recommend it here. I even recommend it. I don't like coffee, but I I do like True Cold coffee. Um, But the thing is, man, these guys are always doing something. There's something new. There is new coffee. There's collaborations. And if you are not on that mailing list, you're not going to know about it. And by the time you hear, it might be sold out because this stuff moves fast because they've got I would say they have a cult following. What do you think? Snowy, mm-hmm. like a pretty now, rabid fan base here, right? <laughs> I think so. That's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like 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 a real good underground rabid fan base that when they drop something new, it's like, oh, I gotta try it. You know, mm-hmm. I I wonder, are there people that collect it? Like the different art and thing for the different packages. They definitely should. I know I've kept, I still have like the collabs with uh, Incantation and Master. Um, I still have those boxes or those bags, empty bags now, of course. But um, yeah, I still have them featured prominently in my living room as as decor. And they're always, I'm always going to keep them. That's really cool. Mm-hmm. That's really cool, man. Yeah. So, True Call Coffee, T R V E K V L T Coffee.com. Go out there and possess yourself a cup today. So, Happy New Year, Snowman. <laughs> yeah. And, and to you, my friend, and Merry Christmas and all of that good stuff. Happy Boxing uh, Day. It's up here. Yes. 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 Although up here, I kind of turned it into Hockey Day. That was when the. Uh, and of course, for like our American listeners, I will basically our internet. Anyone outside of Canada is going, "What the fuck is he talking about Boxing Day?" I didn't know. Snowy's a wrestling fan, no, no, not no. a boxing Any, fan. Anybody who's English knows. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. That's the thing in England, Boxing Day. Oh okay. I figured that might have been exclusive to Canada. All no, this so I think it's anywhere that the British Empire once laid claim. Ah. Right, because because I believe it is a, a British holiday, Boxing Day, um, and I know it seems to be a pretty big thing in Australia, once under the British Empire. Um, okay. Yeah, because they're not still under the British Empire, right? I don't. I don't think so. Don't I know. And yeah, I apologize I... to anybody who is you know here to get their geography knowledge from me. Uh, I'm the <laughs> wrong person to do that from, but. Um, I do remember, like I said, Boxing Day was it was it was a British thing, right? United Kingdom, and so okay. pretty much anywhere that um, the UK held power for a long time, they seemed to still celebrate that holiday. So Canada being a place, uh-huh. right? And uh, right. Australia. So Canada, Australia, and the UK are the only three that I can think of that I know celebrate it. Um, so, you know, that, that's at least three, three, you know, we got three countries, right? 
<laughs> yeah. So that that's at least five or ten listeners. Oh, there we go. You know, all the ones in the U.S. <laughs> might still be confused because they'd be like, what? All right. <laughs> you have to give yourself a little more credit when it comes to the geography because like I'm so I'm sorry but I see TikTok videos and Instagram videos of people showing and I'm sure some of these are rigged and they only show the worst cases but I see these videos of just an an showing an American an empty map of the world and say something like pick out the u.s like name a country point out a country and immediately you know is this the u.s no no okay uh what about africa no africa is a continent uh you know what i honestly don't know and i'm like you got to be kidding me you know and like well, i said chances are you know they're just picking the worst well they, worst they are the and, and they're having fun but at the same time think about Think about the world today. Like I, I'd be curious to know if we walked into a school, if we'd see a globe or a world map. Yeah, see, maybe that's the problem. Maybe, maybe they, you know, that's just kind of maybe the way it is. The way it is now. Now, when I say to you, you got to give yourself more credit. You're yeah. a dedicated metalhead. Okay. Yeah. So, being a metalhead, like I, I swear. I learned more about geography from heavy metal, pro wrestling, and just like sports in general than I ever did in a classroom. Because, you know, when you're reading, you know, Metal Forces magazine and they're talking about this band from Sweden, this band from Norway, this band from Ireland, you know, it's like you just you just pick this stuff up. And it's wow. the same thing with 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 pro wrestling. You know, when they're talking about, okay, this went down in Louisville, Kentucky, or Athens, Georgia, you know, like, I'm learning and I'm not even trying. Yeah, I can <laughs> actually find reading. those on a map. And then, right. um, th thanks to the, the, the pick card I got, I can um, identify no I was in Nova Scotia. It, what's, what, what's the Canadian country right above Maine? Uh, or province, uh, rather. Right. Um, well, it would be. Uh, you're getting into the Maritimes, so it's probably New Brunswick. No, I like, think it's, I, it's Nova Scotia. Uh, it 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 depends on where Maine is, with you know, wherever. But yeah, it's now in the map. Welcome to geography podcasting. <laughs> But yeah, like like see, you know where Nova Scotia is. You know, I would like to I would like to quiz a hundred Americans and say, tell me what what a Nova Scotia is. I bet you some of them will say salmon because typically, like you see Nova Scotia <laughs> and salmon, smoked salmon associated oh. together. Ah, okay. Like that one that one woman or that well, it's it was a young girl. She looked like she was about in her 20s and she was on it was a clip from family feud and she was doing the overtime thing you know whoever gets the question wins and the question was what's popeye's favorite food and this young girl buzzed in right away and went chicken 
Oh, ah. and then, oh, and then the whole room just went, oh, no. No, it's spinach, <laughs> man. It's spinach. But again, yeah. that's just like, did she grow up with Popeye? Right. You know? I know. I know. It's we I, can I, laugh, but. Oh, yeah. Well, I was talking to somebody the other day, dude. Like, think about the cartoons you and I grew up with, right? The Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. um, the Tom and Jerry's. Think about the exposure to music you had because of those cartoons. You know, wh- whether you're a fan of it today or not, you have probably a broader exposure to music than a lot of people. Uh, yeah, I, my first exposure to classical music was Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> same deal. <laughs> Oh, for sure. And it was all public domain, which I'll be getting into some public domain stuff a little bit later on. You know, um, yeah, it's just this episode. It's looking like it's just going to be our New Year's Eve party, shall we say? I never uh, for for the holidays after Christmas, I never went out New Year's Eve. Okay, and did all the house parties or or went to a show or anything like that. Mrs. Snowy, she was kind of like, you know, I really don't want to be driving around New New Year's Eve with a bunch of maniacs on the road, you know, at two in the morning to pick your drunk up ass up. So if you decide that you want to just kind of veg, you know, New Year's Eve, I would be good with that. And, uh, you know, the night, the night before I went to Matt Coppers, my co-host at, at wrestling night in Canada for, uh, for the AEW pay-per-view. And then the night before that, I went and visited Ninja cat Jess because she doesn't get out very much with her young one and all that. So yeah, I was, I was out and about, but new year's Eve itself, this is it. This is it. Um, I just finished my uh, traditional after work true Cavalt coffee, and I don't drink beer anymore. As you don't drink it any less, you, but you don't drink uh, it anymore. Well, <laughs> I don't drink it anymore. But I have a canned Long Island iced tea that I'm going to I'm going to wet wet my whistle with before I get into the. Um, the fireball whiskey here. So my New Year's Eve party is set. I hope that yours is, as a matter of fact. Oh, I've I've got a lemmy going right. right now, man. Oh, right on. Yeah. And and it is Nova Scotia. It's Amherst, Nova Scotia. Oh, okay. place. That's... And I I'm close by saying it's above Maine, but it's it's more to to the right of Maine. Like you're right, New Brunswick okay. was right above Maine. I don't know why I was thinking that was Nova Scotia. But I, I did know it was an island kind of off to itself. I just, you know, wasn't remembering that there was something else above Maine. <clears throat> oh, there we go. You know your shit. Eh, you know, could be worse. <laughs> Probably more than most. I got to give you credit for that. You know, um, and Sherbrooke is pretty close to Maine, too, in Vermont. So. Yeah, yeah. Sher- Sherbrooke, Quebec. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like I said, for tonight's episode, before we kind of get into our uh, mandatory metal for the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee, it's whatever you want to talk about. And I, I got a stack of wax here. I got some cool shit 
the two discuss and just whatever turns our crank. We're going to have a couple of drinks. So um, everyone listening, hopefully it's Friday night. You know, <laughs> if it's Friday morning. When you're first getting this, I'm sure you're not going to be Craig. You're you're not going to be bringing out the Lemmys with us. But you've downloaded this episode. You've got it on Spotify. Maybe save it for after work Friday night and have a couple drinks with us to get us rocking and rolling, strutting and strolling, styling and profiling. Let's go for the true folks. For the true folks, yes, the true folks. <laughs> but, Again, once again, (laughs) the good folks at True Cavalt Coffee, the mandatory metal segment. I discovered this cool blackish type band, Unnamed Grave. This is the title track from Mass Grave Dive.
something a little bit different we dropped another track there for our mandatory metal that was the mighty blasphemer the title track to their latest release marked for death go on to Bandcamp, grab this record really cool stuff so my friend uh we're gonna you know what um let's kind of go with um our 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 metal okay we're kind of foregoing all of our usual segments per se but this still kind of fits in because we're this is this is what we talk about anyways but this this season we're gonna combine maybe like our our metal fix with our christmas haul shall we say so yeah. was santa was santa good to you santa was very good to me dude i got a lot of parts um for my base Right, so uh, a couple of episodes ago, I was talking about the Fender Jazz Bass, the 70s bass that I picked up that is super quirky and made of pieces and parts, and it's just perfect for me, dude. Like, I, I really love this bass. I'm so glad that I found it, and because there, there's just so much more music left in it. And um, so I got those parts and was able to start putting it together. Ah. Okay. Yeah, so big shout out to Greasy Groove, right, that we already talked about in Amherst, Nova Scotia. Um, Greasy Groove, Inc. Just look up Greasy Groove, Google them. They have, dude, you need to check it out because this might be what gets you playing guitar. Just customizing. You should see all the different customized pickguards that they sell for different instruments. Like, so many different horror pickguards. Um so many just just different themes like i it's really staggering how many different things they they sell and um i interacted with davy he was super cool man because i'm like hey i printed out this template it's really not fitting um you know i and i knew i knew this bass is gonna be a challenge right because i i knew from the get-go it's quirky it's different bases. There's gaps in the neck pocket, which means things just aren't 100% fitting, right? So I knew what I was up against. And I'm like, hey, you know, it's, it's probably a 75-ish base. He's like, well, I have a template here for a 75. Um, print this out and see if that fits. And if it does, man, you know, I'll send you an invoice. We'll get it rolling. And so I did. 
and it worked. And so I sent it to him. And so, you know, this great looking Frankenstein's monster pick guard shows up mm-hmm. and it, it really, it really completes the look dude. Cause like, like this, this base is like night and day different from, from when I started and um, it shows up. And when I was installing it, cause that was one of the last things I put on cause the pick guard is easy, right? You just slap it on, put the screws back in. Well, Remember, this base is quirky. Uh, it didn't fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, <laughs> thankfully, I have a Dremel tool, you know, and I use the Dremel tool to just ever so gently and slightly shave it down. And now it fits tight and snug, and it looks fantastic. Um, my my daughter and my sister actually helped me pick out the knobs because I, I was tr- going back and forth between different themes Um like I was originally, I was thinking about like an aqua green kind of Picard because I wanted a creature from the Black Lagoon Picard, but I think it was like you and Ducky that kind of pushed me over the edge um, to, to, to lean into the Frankenstein thing since this uh, is, okay. you know, made of different bases, right? Like it's, you know, uh, all, all these parts come from different places. So I see what you did there. Oh, absolutely, dude. You know, so like leaning into the Frankenstein's monster. And um, I got these abalone knobs. They're black, but the abalone's on top. And the, the bluish green goes so well with the pickguard. Um, but I, I'll tell you that the people I really have to shout out is I wanted to replace the electronics. Right. And that's, you know, the volume pots and the wiring and stuff that's in there. And if anybody's ever done that, you know, it, dude, it's a lot of work. Like, I don't know if you've done soldering, but it's a lot of shit to solder. Right. Mm-hmm. So thanks to another podcast, I found this company called Gun Street Wiring and the Gun Street, they make uh, pre-wired harnesses for all sorts of guitars. And this harness that I got was so fantastic. The instructions are so fantastic. I will be upgrading my SG at some point, hopefully this year. Because um, I have an Epiphone SG that has just shitty electronics and, you know, and to the point, like, no joke where I had to, like, whack it to make stuff work, you know. <laughs> and um, so. Um, Sometimes you got to whack it. yeah. Well, yeah. You know, so <laughs> I, I'm trying to. They I, I should have seen this red flag because remember, you know, I told you this is parts. I don't know if I told you on the air or, or if we're talking about it on air, but the pickups on this base were in the wrong position. They put the neck pickup in the bridge position and vice versa. And for anyone who doesn't know, like the strings on, on any guitar are narrower. Like the width is narrower at the top than it is at the bridge. They fan out ever so slightly as they go down the neck. And so when you have two pickups in different positions, the spacing of those pole pieces is different. And that's, you know, going to get you the best sound to make sure you're in the right place. So I knew I had to swap those out. I had, pulled out the electronics to see if I could find a date to, you know, further identify this base. And they are Japanese electronics. I didn't think anything of it, but I should have. Because I had read the site on Gun Street. It says, hey, if you're getting anything import, um, it's not going to fit. Like, these these are American um, potentiometers. They're this, um, you know, shaft size, 3 eighth inch. And I'm like, okay, you know, I, it's an American jazz bass. It's made in the seventies. I, it didn't occur to me 
that since the pickups were in the wrong place, that they swapped out all the electronics, right? It, it should have occurred to me, but it didn't occur to me. So I go to put the, um, the electronics in and nothing fits. I'm like, fuck. And mind you, like, like I, I don't think I, well, I think I told you off here, but like I, I tweet my back. I can't stand for very long. I am hurting. This should have only taken me a couple hours. I'm already two hours in fighting with stuff. And um, I, so I call my dad. I'm like, dad, what do I do? You know? And he's like, dude, he's like, just, just go to Home Depot, get a metal bit, um, get the three inch inch. You know, he, he talked me through all of it. He's like, bolt it down to a piece of wood, clamp that wood down really good, and then just drill it out. And so I did. I fixed the holes. I drilled it out. I got everything in there, soldered it back together, and um, then I slapped flat wound strings on it. And the, the thing about flat wound strings is I, I've only played round wound, right? And pretty much probably every bass player in metal probably only plays round wound except for one. Snowy, do you know which one that is? Because you should. Be you know what? I probably should. You should. Okay. <laughs> you should, especially if you have read Live After Death. Oh, okay. Oh. Is, is it the obvious then? Oh, yeah. Steve Harris. Okay. Right? And that always blew me away as a kid because. His bass sound sounds like a round wound sound, but he plays flat wound because he says it's easier on his fingers. I tried the round wound sound. Well, yeah, yeah, like, <laughs> and it's one of those things you kind of got to Google. Like, if you see it, you'd be like, "Oh, okay." But flat wound strings are more like what's on an upright bass, right? Okay. Round wound is, you know, if you look at like the low strings on a guitar where you can actually see the winding and run your fingernail up and down, make a scratchy sound, that's round wound. And um, I found out recently John Entwistle is one of the reasons we have round wound strings. Oh, wow. Yeah. He, he went to the, the people at Rotosound and said, hey, do you have to make this flat? Couldn't you just make a big guitar string? And they're like, oh, I guess we never really thought of that. And so they tried it. And, you know, so he, he was one of the pioneers for that, right? Um, Ooh, right on. But I wanted to put flats on this because I've been hearing people talk about flats. I've, I've never played a set. Um, and, you know, obviously Steve Harris being an influence, but also the bass players of the 60s, like James Jamerson, like a Carol Kay. Because there's a real specific sound there. And I didn't realize they were playing flat wounds. So this, dude, this thing it is just a beast. Because now I've got that cool 60s flat wound, kind of uprighty sound, but kind of woody sound. And then I've got my P bass, you know, which is just the classic ultra bright. Well, the way I play it, ultra bright. But man, I, I've got two very distinct sounds. And, and this thing is just, it's so unique looking now you know i've, I've just kind of kind of leaned into like i said that frankenstein theme it's just more pieces and parts and i love this sucker dude all right on right on you know what you have to do like when you do this stuff with your instruments and all that you gotta film it and throw it up on youtube and give your own aaron tutorial on equipment i thought about filming it 
Um, I have a bunch of pictures, and I posted those on my Instagram, and I'll post some mm-hmm. on our radioactive metal too. Because um, mm-hmm. I actually documented everything on the Instagram. Um, but I, I thought about filming, but I'm like, man, I, dude, I hadn't done this in so long. Cause I, I, so like when, when I moved down here almost 10 years ago, it'll be 10 years ago in May. Holy jeez, Has it been that long? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. Right. And so when we moved down here, like I, I was just getting a workbench together at the old house in Pennsylvania and I was going to start working on pedals and building stuff. And yeah, I, I probably actually talked to you about that. And it, we got here and the old house before we moved into the one we're in currently, I, it, what's, what's funny is we had more space in the old house, but I never seemed to know how to use it. And I always wanted a workbench, never got one together. We moved here. The previous owner had built a workbench. So, all I had to do was put power there and clean it up. Um, and so, you know, thankfully now I have this workbench and that that's what I worked on. Like it was great having this space. Um, but before that, dude, like I, I really hadn't done much soldering at all in the last 10 years, you know? So I was kind of nervous to, to film that stuff. But then um, you remember I told you about my buddy, Aiden, I met mm-hmm. him at the Henry Rollins show. Yeah. Good guy. Yeah, oh, yeah, super good guy. So he he loves Blink One Eighty Two, right? Like, and he has a Strat that he wants to turn into a Tom DeLonge style Strat. He wants to do the same mods that Tom did to his. And I'm like, dude, that's totally doable. Because he was showing me other pictures that, that people have done it. I'm like, dude, we can do that. You know, so that's probably gonna be my next project is helping Aiden through that, which I'm really excited nice. about. But I also have effects pedals that I'm finally gonna build. Like I can right. finally start building my own effects pedals again and just start messing with stuff. So I'm, I am so excited, dude. Like it was, it was a blast to work on this thing. And I, I just sit here and I just look at him like, yeah, like this is cool. You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> it just makes me so stinking happy, man. Right on, right on. Yeah, I know this is, this is your thing. This is, this is the stuff you really dig and, you bring it to the show, and I that's totally appreciated. Thank you. That's fantastic. You're welcome, man. Yeah, I love the stuff. And for, for real, to all the listeners out there, anybody who's into guitar, if you're thinking, man, my my pots are dirty or the jacks suck and I don't feel like trying to swap it all out, go to Gun Street, check out the wiring harnesses. I've never had an easier solder job than putting in one of their harnesses. It's fantastic. Right on. Excellent. Excellent. Another shout out there for those good folks in Nova Scotia there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, see, and that's the cool thing is like, you know, Greasy Groove, they're, they're, I think they're a pretty small company. Like, I, I think Davey's almost running like a one man show there. And that's the same with um, Gun Street. Like, this is a small company. Like, you, you could go to like a Sweetwater, like a, a big, you know, big box store and buy pre-wired harnesses and things there. And heck, I could have bought a control plate, just swapped out the whole thing. But I, I really like, I like supporting small businesses, but I mm-hmm. really like supporting people that know what they're doing. Right. And, and that's, that's, that's kind of like why we love true cult coffee, because mm-hmm. those guys are nuts about coffee and, 
Like this guy at Gun Street, dude, he's insane for this stuff. The the videos he has, the details, the differences in electronics and, you know, why the stuff that he's using is superior and what differences you're going to see. I mean, he has like two or three. No, I think he has three different wiring choices for every harness. You can get a classic 50s harness, a modern harness, and then a modern harness with a different type of filter. Like, like this guy is obsessive. Right. And it's great. And same with Davy, a greasy groove. Like when you see the amount of things he has out there, like this is a guy that takes this stuff really seriously. I mean, to just say, well, I happen to have a template for a 75 jazz bass. Like it, it's not like these are really easy to find, <laughs> you know, Right. you know, it just, it blows my mind. It's like, oh yeah, now I got that. You know, like, like, you have to really love this stuff and really collect it. Because, I mean, guitars, sure, right? I mean, you know, as far as is guitars versus bass, there's way more guitar players than bass players. So if you find somebody, I say, hey, I got the 75 jazz bass. Yeah, I got a template for that. Like, you're fucking serious about what you do, you know? <laughs> That that's that's right. what I love. So it's like, like companies like that. You know, I'm going to talk about all day long. We are not sponsored by any of these companies. You know, mm -hmm. we're we're just talking about because they're good people. You know, definitely, definitely, for sure, for sure. And you know, uh, we have relatives, you know, in laws in Nova Scotia. Do you? Yeah, yeah. So I'm thinking, like, well, I I haven't gone and visited them yet. Like they're my uh, my wife's sister and her family. Yeah, but you know, Mrs. Snowy, she's gone out and visited them, and the next time she goes, I'm gonna go with them. So, guys from Greasy Groove, don't be surprised if you see me checking out your operation firsthand. I we'll, think that we'll have to set cool. that up. Yeah, because uh, I was yeah. I was telling you before, like you know, when I got this pit guard. I wanted to see what the quality and stuff was like and then get this guy on the show. And, dude, <laughs> it looks exactly like your picture, right? Right and, on. And you never know anymore on the internet, right? Because Photoshop does wonders. But this looks exactly like what I saw online. I'm like, oh, yeah, we, we, need, to, we need to get this guy online and, and talk to him. For sure. For sure. For sure. Don't mind me. I'm, I'm finished my Long Island iced tea. I'm throwing some ice. In the Jaws mug that I bought Mrs. Snowy for her birthday right right before Christmas. And I'm uh oh yeah, no, like her collectibles are my are are my collectibles. That's beautiful. And all, and all that, yeah. So pouring a fireball here. Well, I'll raise my glass and I'll say, here's to swimming with bow legged women. Bow legged women. <laughs> Show me the way to go home. I'm tired I'm and tired I want to go to bed. Go to bed. <laughs> Had a little drink about an hour ago. And it went the... right to my head. Right on. <laughs> yeah, I love it, dude. All right, so what about you? Tell me about something uh, you scored here for the oh, holiday okay. season. For myself, I'll just kind of keep it within the realm of metal because I have various interests and, and all of that. But I got a cool story behind my new Metallica Master Puppets t-shirt. 
Oh, okay. Okay, yeah, yeah. My daughter, Little Snowy, she wanted to buy me, you know, a T-shirt. Because I swear, I, I, I swear to God, my wife, my daughter, my my sister, Liz, our former co-hostess and all that, all the women in my life think I don't, I need clothes. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, so because, you know, they've all at some point, I'm going to buy you a shirt. What do you want? And all that. Well, Little Snowy wanted to buy me uh, a, a shirt and she was in the shop with my wife. And now, while my daughter, like, she's she's not a music person. She's the punkest person you're ever going to meet, but she has no interest in the music. And she knows my love-hate, love relationship with Metallica. You know, like, the hate being, like, the 90s. Like, she right. understands. Like, she gets it. But she doesn't know, like, the back history of the band and all that. So she asks her mom, you know, um, I would like to get Dad a shirt. What about this one? Do you think, you know, she would he, he would like this one? And she immediately saw Master of Puppets. Oh, of course, yes, get him that. Okay, well, Christmas morning, I'm opening up the shirt you know, the present and little snowy says, do you like it? I'm like, well, yeah. You know, she's like, okay. Cause I wasn't too sure, you know, mom had to tell me otherwise. And I just looked at her and said, you know, dear, it's fucking master puppets. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's, like, like it's one of the, it's one of the greatest records of all time. <laughs> so I was like, oh, good. I wasn't too sure and all that. And so, so yeah, that was really cool. I grabbed a, um, a Napalm Death t-shirt, uh, buddy. Shout out to Daniel here in the um, Winnipeg metal scene. He was unloading some t-shirts and all that. He uh, set me up with a, a Napalm Death t-shirt. Right before... You know, the holidays, right right before Christmas. Now, I really didn't plan on doing any record shopping before Christmas. Okay, you know, it's the holidays and kind of you're kind of watching the dime and all that. But uh, when I was, okay, I'm, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to, like, I, I had to buy a Christmas present for someone else. And what I wanted to by that person was this awesome Joan Jett mug. Shout out to my cohort at work, Angie. Okay, she's a big Joan Jett fan. So for her birthday and Christmas and all that, whatever Joan Jett I can find, I always buy for her. Well, I found this really cool mug at um, Old Gold Vintage Vinyl here. Big shout out, Brent. You know, here's to another great year. Um, so I grabbed the mug right away and I decided, you know what, just for chits and giggles, I'm going to see what he has for new records. Okay, and here's a quick little lesson in, uh, I don't know, read the fine print or something. I don't know exactly, but I'm going through his new arrival section and I see an original print. Okay, back in 1984. Okay, 
of the motion picture soundtrack for Christine. No. Yeah. Like an original yeah. print. Yeah, like it was the original Chris. It was the original Christine. Okay, and I'm thinking, John wow. Carpenter. You know, yeah. uh, John Carpenter is is an amazing. Like everyone knows John Carpenter for being a director and all that. The guy is an amazing musician, right? As 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 well. So I, without even looking at this record, I snapped it up. You know, yoink mine. I'm so excited about it. I get home, okay. The record, though, is comprised of all of the pop songs from the 50s and 60s and all that that were licensed for the movies. George Thorgood, Bud Holly, Johnny Ace, Little Richard, and all that. And I'm like, holy shit, I should have. But you know what? I'm going to put this on. And I'm going to give it a spin with an open mind because those old 50s songs played such a big part of the movie. Oh, yeah. You know, that's one of the ways that Christine the Car communicated through the song, particularly Little Richards, You Keep a Knock In. <laughs> you, know, like, you know, George Thorogood's Bad to the Bone. And, of course, there was a uh, really cool John Carpenter track, Christine Attacks, on it and all that. So, yeah, after I gave it a spin, and it's like, you know what? This isn't something I would normally listen to, but I'm down. I'm down. I don't hate this. This is good. (laughs) This is good. That's awesome. Yeah, and the, the most important thing is just, like, being, you know, I'm kind of, I'm a vinyl guy. Yeah. Like have having that soundtrack because I don't I'm trying to remember I don't even really remember seeing a lot of copies you know on the shelves back then because oh, I, I loved that either. movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if I would have found it I I loved that movie, okay. So I probably would have snapped it up. So So yeah. I think I feel like the 80s like that right is really when the soundtrack albums were starting to become a thing oh yeah for sure in the late 70s well some of them right but like what was i think was footloose like the big one oh that was huge yeah i think right they really they really made everybody go like wow i had to go get the soundtrack album yeah and so christine might might have still been in that pre-era where they just weren't sure what to do with it you know uh, yeah, yeah. Like I just never really, it just never, never really took off. But yeah, I've had more than one conversation about, you know, how when soundtracks and probably the last, because there was a time when TV theme songs and movie soundtracks were played on the radio. Oh, Welcome yeah. back, Cotter. Yeah, by by, by John back. Sebastian was a huge hit. You know, and like you mentioned Footloose and there was Flashdance and Top Gun. Uh, Flash, uh, you know, which is still like my favorite Queen song, you know, like and it's just pro- what probably the last time uh, radio caught on to like a theme song was what the theme to Friends. It's just, oh, yeah, it's, just, it's yeah. It's well, you just know what, that and uh, King of the Hill. 
Was that ever released commercially? Like, was that yes. ever? Yeah. Yeah. Like, okay. I, like it, it was played. I think it was played on the radio. And I mean, it's not really long, right? It's an instrumental. Yeah. And it's super short. Hmm. Mm, yeah. Sorry. If no, if like if radioactive metal was a terrestrial radio station, like the theme to Jaws. Okay. If you're switching, if if you're just kind of channel surfing on the radio and you hear that song you're not changing the channel you're not changing the channel no no same same thing with star wars and buffy the vampire slayer and the theme to lord of the rings like all of this fantastic music that would be commercial hits that just i don't know like maybe it's maybe it's the audience there it's just not a thing anymore but it would definitely be for me you know everyone kind of has those albums okay where you have it on vinyl you got it on cassette and then finally on compact disc and now it's on spotify or whatever okay when i when slayer's reign in blood first hit the shelf i remember my buddy skid okay big 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 shout out to skid he immediately i remember we went together he he bought the vinyl a short while later i ended up buying the cassette okay and this is fucking rain and blood we're talking about it's a classic okay since then i've also bought it on compact disc but it wasn't until right before the holidays once again, I wasn't even planning on going and buying any records. I was at my comic shop, Galaxy Comics, shout out. And just down the road, half a block away, is Planet of Sound. Well, I'll go in there and I'll, um, I'm going to say Merry Christmas to Dave and Kathy. Sure enough, I remember they made, they were, they made a, a Facebook video of all the new arrivals they had. And I made a com- I made a comment, you know, about, hey, you know, I definitely I'm in need of rain and blood on vinyl. Well, I show up. Snowy, snowy man, we got something for you. Well, they took that little Facebook comment to heart. They pulled Rain and Blood on vinyl, okay, not the original Def Jam pressing, but um, American recordings a couple years later in 86, okay, had, uh, I don't know, that would have been about the same year, but um, but there was, there was two different printings back then, okay. the original Def Jam you know that that Rick Rubin owned. It, he right. put the he put Rain and Blood on the rap label Def Jam for some reason, and oh, yeah. then he found American Records shortly after, and I guess he reprinted um, the album on that because that's what I have a 1986 American recording. So I'm super stoked. Finally got Rain and Blood. On vinyl while I was there. Okay, I'm just kind of going through all of their new releases. And I discovered a vinyl Metallica 
Well, it's a bootleg. Okay. Live at live at the Hammersmith Odeon. Really? London, September 21st, 1986. No. With Cliff. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's got it's got puppets for whom the bells ride the lightning whiplash. Fade to black, seek and destroy, creeping death. This was the height of my fandom. Oh yeah. So I snatched that up right away. Okay. You know, I wasn't even going to buy any records. I'm walking out with two of them. I dropped the needle on this record, and it sounds horrible. <laughs> okay. It's it's just it sounds terrible. But you know what? It sounded it sounded terrible, but I loved it because it was a total throwback to the old live tape days, you know, the, you know, along with the demos, you know, you traded the live tapes and all that. People would sneak their Walkmans into shows and have these really bad recordings and all that. It it sounded like one of those. It sounded like they took they took the music from some live tape. And pressed it onto vinyl, so I'm like, "Ha, oh, this is awesome! Really, really dug it." Yeah, so, yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up Cliff. I was I was talking to a buddy about Cliff and Metallica today, and just you know how how I really feel that um, metal and classical music, like a Mozart, are way closer than anybody wants to admit. You know, mm-hmm. and I do you think that if Cliff were alive today, do you think that he would have ended up being like one of the great film composers, like doing soundtracks and things? I could see him and Kirk sitting down, like in the back of the bus, saying, "What about this?" Like Kirk, you're you're a horror geek, you're a science fiction geek, and you know I'm you know I'm I'm Cliff. <laughs> okay, for the for the for the lack of a better expression, right? You know, maybe we can collab and do some soundtracks or something. You know, some horror, science fiction inspired music or or whatnot. I could totally see that. Yeah, you know, it's just like the the older I get, and the more I understand, and you know, really embrace just the music that Cliff was creating, you know, listen to those bass lines, like, man, that guy was on such a different level in that era. And like, you know, like had, had he still, you know, lived, survived, whatever we want to say here, but just, you know, by the, by the late nineties, would he, you know, started composing? Like, would, would he be our generation's John Williams? You know, how cool would that be? Uh, it, yeah, it, that, it'd be that, phenomenal, and it would have been awful. I would feel very vindicated. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, I think we lost so much when we lost Cliff. I agree, you know? man. Like, it, it's not just, it, yeah, yeah. It's not just. Oh, he would have went on and done this, this, and this. But yeah, we we definitely. Lost so much. How about we get into some tunes here? Actually, you know what? I have a Christmas present for you. Oh, okay. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, earlier this year, uh, Rotten Sound dropped a new oh, record. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Apocalypse, courtesy of the good folks at Season of Mist. Now, I know you're a big Rotten Sound, Mark, so let's get into that. So for Aaron and all the grinders out there, this is the aforementioned Rotten Sound with Suburban Bliss.
this for a trad metal band dude that was don't drop the sword from their new album age of heroes that was where the old gods dwell and i discovered this band um just kind of pissing around on youtube and the first the first comment in the comment section you know when you play the when you play the video Okay, I, I really took this one to heart. It said, this takes me back to when I was 17, 18-year-old metalhead wearing my denim jacket with the Halloween back patch. And it's like, I was there. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> I totally, I totally see that. So, yeah, don't drop the sword. Great stuff. And before that, just to mix it up a little bit, that was the Mighty Witch Skull, the latest, um, the title track from their latest record, Serpent Tide. So we got a bit of grind, bit of doom, bit of trad, just the way we kind of like it here on Radioactive Metal. Good stuff, good stuff. Uh, Okay, let's see. What else have we got going on? I know, okay, before the holidays started, I was totally stoked being a professional wrestling fan, okay? And for for many years, since 1979, I go back to the old territory days. And with that... Okay, we didn't see much of the Texas promotion world-class wrestling up here. Okay. Okay, we just, you know, sometimes we got lucky. Sometimes some of the world-class wrestlers would appear in the AWA or, you know, we just, we just, we just got lucky. Okay. But I always kept up on what was going on in all of the territories through what are known as the after magazines, which is um, publisher and photographer, Bill after, you know, he had a, well, he worked for the company, but he was so well, so well known within the, the wrestling world for his photography and his, and his journey and his journey in his journalism, that these series of magazines were called the after mags. Okay. Okay. Because of the after mags, I learned, you know, and was following all of the triumphs and tragedies of the Von Erich family. Now, does that name mean anything to you? Well, it didn't until I started seeing all the previews. Okay, so you know exactly where I'm going. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I never thought I would ever see the day that there ever w- would have been a bio movie about the Von Erichs, which we recently got with the Iron Claw film. Yeah. Okay. Mrs. Snowy and I, we decided, okay, we're going to take this. Like, I was going regardless. Like, there's no way I'm not seeing this in the theater. Okay. And as, you know, as I'm watching this, 
and, and like the like okay re- wrestling fans know all about you know if you if you're if you're keeping up with your wrestling history okay you you kind of will know you know all of the tragedies within the von Erich family you know there were some accidental deaths but there was some suicides as well like yeah it's really and i'm not going to get too much into it because i really think that this is a film everyone should see okay now i i knew as we went from sequence to sequence it's like oh no this is where they're going to be getting into the death of Dave. This is where they're going to be getting into the death of Mike, of Carrie, and all that. So I saw it. That still, okay, lump in the throat, the eyes get misty. You, you know, that must have happened about three or four times. And now Mrs. Snowy, who obviously knows more about pro wrestling then she probably should just by virtue of being with me for the Possibly last Possibly than she wants years. to. <laughs> <laughs> probably more than she wants to. She knew, okay, the Von Erich story is tragic, but she didn't know all the details. I mean, I wasn't about to tell her. There were a couple times where she was kind of nudging me saying, oh, no, what's going to happen here? You know, and I'm like, I'm not telling you. <laughs> you know, so something would happen. And yeah, I'm affected, but right beside me, I hear the, <gasps> you know, and the yeah. her hands covering her face and 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 all that. It it's it's it it's a good movie, but it's a tough watch. Yeah, uh, that's kind of the vibe I got. It it looks phenomenal. Like uh, my my buddy Aiden, he he saw it as well. And that's what he said. He's like, dude, he said it was absolutely incredible, you know, because he's a big wrestling mark as well. Okay. And, um, you know, I, I, I want to, I, I think I want to see it in the theater. Like I want to try and see it. You should, you should, you should. That was going to be my next point. This movie. Okay. It transcends pro wrestling. Now I could see someone saying, I'm not really a wrestling fan. I don't know if I want to spend two hours in the theater for this. Like, why Why do I care? Because it's a story. It's a story that everyone, that, ev- that ev- ev- everyone should know. And it's a movie that everyone can go to. Yes, you know, it's about a pro wrestling fan, but, you know, it's a much larger, it's a much larger story. And it's a movie that guys like it's 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 also a sports movie, okay, for all intents and purposes. That guys that okay, because if you're like, oh, me and my wife, we we want to go to the movies. Well, she wants to go to some chick flick. Okay. Well, I want to go see something with a little more meat on the bone. Okay, dude, I recommend this movie. Show your wife the trailer. You can both enjoy it and not enjoy it at the same time. Yeah, because it, it's yeah, because it's it's not really a date movie, quote unquote, but it it's a movie that you can go see on date night, yeah. which is which is what we did. I know, Snow, you're not making any sense. I'm actually making perfect sense. Yeah, and no, I totally yeah, get it. it. Yeah, and it is definitely 
well recommended. I got to give Mira Tierney. Okay, so many, so so many props. Okay, if she doesn't get some sort of at least nomination for a Golden Globe or an Oscar for playing Doris Von Erich, the mother, the patriarchal figure of the Von Erichs, if she doesn't get some sort of recognition, then that's it. It's just, it's the pro wrestling prejudice, which we as metalheads, we know the metalhead, the heavy metal prejudice exists. Oh, yeah. You know what? It exists in pro wrestling as well. She was absolutely phenomenal. And I only know her mostly from her work in sitcoms, the news radio sitcom, you know. So I don't know what she's done since then. I don't know what her acting chops are like are like now, but I was absolutely I was really impressed. I was really impressed. So I'm gonna recommend, yeah, your next date night with Mrs. Aaron by all means. Like it's a movie you can both go to. Nice man. Yeah, yeah. Um Speaking of movies, <laughs> and I just saw this just yesterday. As of 2024, as soon as that clock struck midnight, Mickey Mouse became public domain. I am so glad you brought that up. My son's actually been asking me a lot about that. Okay. Yeah, okay. What? What's, what's little Aaron been... What's his curiosity? Well, do you remember, I think it was just earlier this year, where they made the, the horror movie Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey? Oh, hell yeah. I loved it. Well, I haven't seen it. Oh, I have no desire to see so it. Bad. And that's, oh, it's so you know, It's so, so bad. It's well, so yeah. bad, but I loved it. Well, did you yes, hear the it, story about the third grade teacher that played it for her class accidentally? Yes. What a dumbass. Yeah, well, that's what like I was I was telling my son about that. He's like, What? I'm like, Yeah. Uh-huh. I said, So all the kids are traumatized and he's laughing. He finds it funny because it is funny. You know. Uh-huh. Um but then, you know, like right away they're already talking about making a horror film Mickey Mouse, you know. Yep. That's exactly what I was going to get to. Mickey's mouse trap. Is a thing. Now, I suppose, okay, like you said, with Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, okay, it was Winnie the Pooh going psycho, going on this killing spree, you know, because he's pissed at Christopher Robin and all that. Okay. With this, though, okay, it's looking like it's just going to be a straight-up slasher, something we've all seen a hundred times before. But the catch is, is he's wearing a Mickey Mouse mask. And I've seen the trailers. The movie looks the shits. Okay. Being a horror film fanatic and all that. I'm checking this out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But, you know, it's... it's If 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 someone's going to be looking for the next Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, you're not going to get that. Okay? Uh, but I'm in. I'm in. I'm in, and I totally recommend Blood and Honey for anyone that's, you know, it is quite graphic, it's pretty violent, and it's really demented. That's what I've heard. <laughs> okay, yeah. That's what I've heard. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's no. crazily twisted. 
It is. It is. No, I know that you have a low tolerance for horror films. It's not. It's not for you. But <laughs> no. I, to- I totally recommend it. A horror film that I would recommend for you because it's, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's a slasher. It's violent. There's some blood. Okay, but I think it's easier for a non-horror fan to digest just because of the story and the cast. And this is a lesson, okay, that I once again learned, okay, in judging a book by its cover. I have Shudder. I've subscribed to Shudder for $6.66 a month. I spent more on that on coffee on the way home from work today. And it's absolutely amazing. Big, you know, hundreds of movies, you know, new movies added all the time. It's it's a horror film's dream. Okay. As I'm kind of going through the Christmas titles and all that, I see the icon for It's a Wonderful Knife. and at first i'm kind of like oh god okay this is this is just gonna be a silent night deadly night knockoff right right, as great as great as as great as that movie was and still is i still i love it today linnea quigley come on you know getting impaled on deer antlers like that's cinematic magic okay like is but I'm but I'm thinking, okay, oh, it's a wonderful knife. Okay, this is this is just gonna be some cheap knockoff. Yeah. So I kind of ignore it. Until ah, just a couple of days ago, I decide, you know, I've I've got the TV to myself, Mrs. Snowy, okay, good night. And all that. I got the TV to myself. I'm gonna check this out. I get about five minutes into this, and I see the cast. Justin Long, okay, and Catherine Isabel. No. She she of Ginger and the Order and all that. And it's looking like, okay, you're familiar with the Hallmark movies? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm sure your wife wife enjoys them. Oh, dude, I enjoy them. Okay. I I have no shame. I love them. (laughs) You know, but yeah, you just know, okay, you see... The little town, all dressed up. Like, you just, you know a Hallmark movie when you see it. Oh, yeah. That's how this movie started. Oh, wow. Okay. So, you got a great cast. Okay. You got the Hallmark background. Okay. And the story is a horror version of It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, the, 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 yeah, the, the classic. So, I'm, Okay, I get this. This is great. I turned it off. Okay, with about 10 minutes in, this is something that Mrs. Snowy can watch with me. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah, so the next night I said, okay, no, no, love, trust me. I'm going to put this on, have an open mind. You're going to love it. And it was a great date night movie. That's awesome. Yeah, well, Catherine Isabel, how can you go wrong? Oh, dude, I, I just adore her. You know, is it? Yeah. And the funny thing is, like, I didn't understand. I didn't really know who she was until the order. But then once, you know, I fell in love with her character in the order and I started like, oh, what else has she been in? I realized I've seen her in so many things. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, she, she's somebody Jason. who's always working. Yes, yes. And she's not afraid of, you know, to make horror films. If she's, if she's, if she's pissed that she's been typecast, she's she's not showing it. Uh, but I don't think yeah. she has been. I mean, dude, her role in the order. Like, have have you watched that? I can't remember. Have you watched yeah. that one? Oh yeah, 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 dude. That is just it's fantastic, and she just plays mm-hmm. it so well. Oh no, for sure, for sure. Definitely, definitely. So, you're gonna want to give those movies a spin before a spin, a, a watch again. Okay? Yeah, before either. we get, yeah, <laughs> before we kind of get into some tunes here. Um, every Tuesday, okay, and it's a you know every month, every Tuesday. My local art house theater, the Cinematech, has their cult movie nights. So, January 2024, every Tuesday, okay, so I've already missed, as we speak, I've already missed the first screening, but next Tuesday, you're damn right, I'm going to be in the best seat in the house because they are airing Rock and Roll High School. No way. Yeah. Oh, I'm so jealous, dude. Holy shit. Holy shit. Now, I got this movie memorized. Got the soundtrack. Got the DVD. I got it Got it on a couple streaming services. You know, why do you want to step out into the winter and pay 10 bucks to see a movie you could see in your living room or whatever? Because it's the theater. Yeah. Never. I didn't get a chance to see Rock and Roll High School in the theater as a kid. So, I am so stoked for that. So, um, hope I don't know. It depends on when next we sit down. Hopefully, that will be a part of my metal fix. Let's get into some tunes here, shall we? Um, once again, I, I didn't even know this. Okay, I kind of stumbled upon this the other day but the legendary death metalers deteriorate okay they never really yeah they they had their heyday late 80s early 90s the whole death metal boom they had some cool demos in the underground i think they cut just one album back then but they have returned with a new record this past year appropriately entitled The Rebirth. Good stuff, good stuff. So this is some deteriorate with a nameless grave. Thank you. 
in 2021 and i know dude are we slipping are we getting old how did we not notice that horror pain gore death productions themselves released a new single from the legendary mortuary now this is this okay this is the mortuary like there's been 800 mortuaries over the years in death metal the mortuary was the mexican one that um Put out the Blackened Images album that I've you've heard me go off about it many times on the show. We've played it and all that. So that was the Mortuary with their single Holy War. Great stuff, great stuff. Well, man, do you have uh anything else you might want to uh throw out there before we kind of make our way? Yeah, man. A couple things here in closing. So I, I got out to our local Barnes & Noble, right? Um, okay. And we don't get out to the bookstore like we used to, but I, I still love going to a bookstore, right? And I'm walking through there, and I saw three different books. Uh, the first one, and I picked all these up. Uh, the first one is called The Creative Act, A Way of Being, and that is by Rick Rubin. Oh, okay. And what I love about this, right, is this isn't like a biography or anything like this. This is a collection of thoughts on creativity. And so it is, and it's the the coincidence here is my wife happened to buy me this really sweet leather bookmark, which is now in this book. And this is going to live in my studio this year. Um, And I'm just going to read a page you know, before I start working, just to kind of inspire and move forward, you know. Ah. And, and here's what I love. This is the the first page in the book. It says, nothing in this book is known to be true. It's a reflection on what I've noticed, not facts so much as thoughts. Some ideas may resonate. Others may not. A few may awaken in inner knowing you forgot you had. Use what's helpful. Let go of the rest. Each of these moments is an invitation to further inquiry, looking deeper, zooming out, zooming in, opening possibilities for a new way of being. And it's, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's some, that's some good, heavy stuff. So that's, that is going to, going to sit here in my studio all year. I'm going to read it and, and play, you know, work with my, uh, my P base and then um, the psychobilly Cadillac here beside me. Okay. All right, so the next one up, I picked up Thurston Moore's memoir, A Sonic Life. Ah, okay. And, I, like, Sonic Youth is one of those bands that I feel like I should love, but when I listen to them, I just can't quite get into them. But if I don't know I'm listening to them, I like them. Does that make sense? Uh-huh, yeah. You know, and, like... It's like uh, the Melvins, where everyone's like, oh, you need to start with this album. And I would try that album. Like, well, that album sucks. You know, and I, you know, I, I ran into a guy who had a Melvins t-shirt on, a co-worker. And I'm like, okay, help me. I feel like I should like the Melvins, but I, I don't. And he's like, oh, you need to get this album. I'm like, yeah, as in everybody says, I hate that album. And he goes, oh. And he thinks for a second, he goes, you need this album. And that was it. I was in, you know, 
And I need somebody that can do that for me with Sonic Youth. Um, because I, they just everything about them is something I should love, you know? Right. So I, I just, I just love, I love everything about them. So I'm excited to read that. Right. Really excited to read that. But then the last one, and I think this is the one that really goes along with this show. And it's the minute I tell you the title, you're going to know who I'm talking about or what the subject of this book is, but the book is called corporate rock sucks. Okay, I'm in. The rise and fall <laughs> of SST Records. Ah, uh, okay. Why hasn't this book been on my radar? Oh, I, it, I think it's only come out, dude. Because I just happened to, I literally just happened to find it, right? Okay. And um, I, I'm really excited because you know they, they for, for for anyone who doesn't know SST started as an electronics company, right? Solid state technology. Thurston Moore was, um, you know, he's an electronics nerd. He loves that stuff. He has his own, own little company. He's building stuff. And then as Black Flag, as he wanted to put out records and nobody touched him, he's like, well, fuck it. I need to figure out how to, you know, put out a record. And so SST transitioned into being a record label since he already had the mm-hmm. legal stuff done, you know? Right. And so each one of these chapters is broke down, and and I I really like it, right? Um, the way they approach it, each chapter is SST versus something. So like first one is <laughs> SST versus Bomp. Chapter two, oh, SST yeah. versus Hollywood. There's one in here, SST versus MTV. You know, and and then the last one, SST versus history. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. And so I'm really looking forward to this because, like, I I love SST Records, man. Like, I think we've talked about it on the show where I had Program Annihilator. Like, they advertised in Metal Edge or Hip Raider or something, like, send a few bucks. And I, I remember mailing cash, right, in the mail. Right. I sent cash in the mail with my address, and they sent me back a cassette. And I'd never heard anything like what I heard on that cassette, dude. Uh-huh. You know? Like, like Annihilate This Week was on there. Uh, Beat My Head Against the Wall was on there. You know, the Black Flag stuff. And then, of course, they had Worm mm-hmm. and St. Vetus and Overkill. and Dude, it was so cool, you know. And I've also always loved the DIY ethic. I mean, of course, of all the different indie labels that are out there, I don't know if any are quite as notorious as SST and, you know, especially SST and black flag and just that middle finger up the entire time, you know? Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to read that. Um, I'm probably, I, I've got, dude, this is one of those times where I have so many books I'm reading. I'm reading um, Chuck Berry's biography too. So oh, I'm probably sweet. trying to finish that and then get into the SST book. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's looking like a really, really fun read. Right on, right on. That's actually, like, I don't really make resolutions and all that. But I think I think maybe this year, like, I, I have, you know, I have some, you know, a stack of, of books, um, bios, and just stuff like that, that. Okay, like, I do lots of reading, but it's comics, magazines, graphic novels, and all that. So for I think 2024, I want to uh, get back into uh, the groove of reading more, more like actual books. 
because there's so many great ones out there. There are. And, you know, like, I'll, I'll watch a movie and, you know, a movie might inspire you for a little bit, you know. And there's a handful of movies that continue to inspire, an example being Sound City for me. But you read a book and that sticks with you, dude. Oh, for sure. You know, because it that takes work to read a book. You know, <laughs> and, and for anyone who's like, oh, whatever. I'm like, yeah, don't don't whatever me because you know how many people listen to their books and say they read a book. I'm like, no. <laughs> if you listen to the audiobook, that's not fucking reading. Like, like no, it's hard. not. It's it's fun. I've listened to a number of audiobooks. But no, I would not equate that with listening. No, or I would not equate that with re- actual reading. Yeah. No, no, Same. for sure. All right, on. So it looks like 2024, we got we got some reading to do, and I'm up for the challenge because I don't know if I've mentioned this. I, I'm sure I mentioned it to you off the air, but I don't know if I have like on on the air, but um. We unfortunately this year we now have a spare bedroom. Yeah. That we have started and we're almost done now, which we are converting into a library, a reading room, where we've basically emptied out the bedroom. We put in a uh, a fake fake fireplace. Dude, that's awesome. Get a real one. Yeah, we just and then we lined the walls. With bookshelves, with various different, you know, books, novels, graphic novels, just all sorts of reading material. And all we need now is um, two two easy chairs, okay? And the big argument about which, uh, how I'm going to decorate the wall. (laughs) You know? Uh, she's not going to want a ton of horror pictures and all that, but I know, I know that I will. <laughs> and all I, that. I think but you could find we'll a happy find... medium though. Oh, like... we will. We have, when it comes to pop culture, Mrs. Snowy and I, we have so much in common. You know, you know it, it, if you, so if you much. try to find like maybe, and, and this is going to be a tough suggestion here, but like, you know, Harry Potter obviously is movies and books. And there yep. are release posters for the books as much as there are release posters for the movies. Well, I can remember release posters for Stephen King books in the eighties. Uh-huh. So, like yeah. maybe that's that that's that's where you find your happy medium. You know, like yeah, oh, sure, definitely. honey, it's horror, but it's a horror book. Oh, you know? she, oh, she, she, when when she was a teen, when she was a kid, she used to love Stephen King. See, right there, yep. you're, you're welcome. Yeah. Problem solved. <laughs> so, something else we have to do this year, and this is a thing for you and I, because we we had touched on it last Halloween, and I want to start talking about it now, especially that I, now that I have the creature in my lap. Um, but we need to work on our horror movie theme song this year. Oh, okay. We we, we need to start talking about that. Maybe maybe a little each show, and I'll start plinking around some ideas. Um. Because the creature here, I I was using to make some crazy ass sounds that you would not expect out of a bass guitar. Um, mm. 
So let's, you know, let's let's start kicking around some ideas. And maybe maybe by Halloween we've got our horror theme song. Sounds good to me. Sounds good to me. Uh, before we kind of get on out of here, um, Canada loves a talkie. I've heard okay. that rumor. You've heard that rumor. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This holiday season, I watched an obscene amount of hockey. Okay, because, uh, you know, the Christmas holiday, the, the New Year's holiday season is when the Canadian or is when the World Junior Tournament goes on. Okay. Okay, that's, you know, very, you know, all the various different countries ju- and the players are juniors from pay- age 15 to 19, 16 to 19, late, late, late teens. Well, it's a big deal in hockey countries. Okay. Okay. Canada, Finland, Sweden. Okay. Like, and uh, of course, Canada is always in the thick of things. No. Uh, this, yeah, yeah. This year, though, going into it, the US and Sweden were going to be the teams to beat. Oh, wow. That's good to hear. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, which, yeah, the, the 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 junior program in the U.S. has really turned it up a notch the last couple of years. Same thing with women's hockey as well. You know, like uh, the, the U.S. is producing some fantastic female hockey players. It's so great to see because it's great for the sport all around. Well... With this time of season, okay, with this time of year, we have the World Juniors and we have the Spengler Cup over in Europe. Okay. Which which is an annual tournament. It only lasts a week, you know, from Christmas to New Year's Day, you know, New Year's Eve, you know, around there. And it's teams made up. It's a tournament made up of teams from the pro leagues in Europe and Team Canada. You know, Canada sends like an all-star Team Canada over there. And we've done quite well in the Spengler Cup. Um, we are tied now with the host. Like, it's it's based out of Switzerland, okay, and out of Davos. And the host team... Davos HC and Canada are now tied for the most championships in this. Yeah, yeah, because unfortunately, and this is my whole point. Ah, it's been a heartbreaker. Canada got knocked out in the semifinals of the Spengler and then our rivals, Dave Davos HC, went and won it all and just a couple days ago in the quarterfinals of the juniors chechnya knocked canada out of the junior tournament oh man oh i know trust me because there, there was like 11 seconds left in the game and then Chechnya scored, you know, effectively eliminating us. The whole country went, (laughs) so sorry guys, next year we'll get them. But, um, in the spirit 
of the uh, of the of the juniors and the spirit of the Spengler Cup, and as well, just okay, a couple. Okay, I've got to pause here because okay. you said the spirit of the Spengler Cup, and we're both Ghostbusters marks. Is this the Egon Spangler Cup? <laughs> Come on, spirit you know of the what? Spangler Cup. Dude, I've never, <laughs> I never connected that. You know, just because I just, as a sports fan, I just kind of separated them. Ah, oh, good one. But good one. Uh, dude, definitely... it, it's when you said yeah, spirit. Well, I'm like, I can't let this yeah, go. I got, I got to say something. <laughs> The spirit of the Spangler Cup, right? Egon yeah, Spangler, that right, spirit. Egon's, for sure, for sure. I don't care what anyone says. After life, I loved it. Great oh, film. dude, it's fantastic because yeah, science yeah. is the safety pin through the nipple of academia. <laughs> definitely, Def, definitely. Okay, not only were these great tournaments, you know, happen. The juniors is still going on, but a couple days ago. The women's professional, the, the the professional women's hockey league debuted as well, and I am I honestly I am didn't know that we in. didn't have that before. No, no, it's it's a new thing. There's the original six teams: Ottawa, Toronto, and Montreal, and then in the U.S. you have Boston, New York, and Minnesota. Just like in the NHL, you had the original six teams. Well, they're kind of doing it with this. And I am all in on this league. Uh, Winnipeg doesn't have a team, but I was born in Ottawa. So whenever Winnipeg's not an issue, you know, and Ottawa is, I'm always like, that's kind of my team. So go Ottawa, go, go get them, ladies. So... What I want to do is I want to drop a track here for Team Canada and for all the ladies in the WPHL. This is a brand. Well, this is a band that I recently discovered. And let me just say they're the best band since Slapshot. German hardcore <laughs> band Offside. I just discovered this band. Great stuff. So I want to throw it out there. This is in what we trust.
Shining Wizards is the greatest wrestling podcast of all time. Don't believe me? Tune in and check us out. We laugh, we cry, we interview some of the greatest people in professional wrestling, and we have some of the greatest segments of all time, including everyone's favorite wrestling game show, Can You Beat That? We're live 6.50 p.m. East on Monday nights on all social media platforms, and we're with you wherever you go on every single streaming and podcasting platform as well. Check us out. Go over to ShiningWizards.com and join us for some wrestling talk and talk about wrestling. G'day guys, my name is Thomas, one half of the Broadcast Podcast. With our podcast, we go back and watch wrestling events from WWE, WWF, WCW, ECW, AEW, and many other wrestling promotions. You can check us out on Twitter at the Broadcast, that's T-H-E-B-R-O-K-A-S-T, and you can also download all episodes on Apple Podcasts, CastBox, Castro, and many other podcast apps. What's up, everyone? When on the Shining Wizards Network, be sure to check out Wrestling Night in Canada. If we're not recording another kick-ass podcast, or playing in punk bands, or recording kick-ass heavy metal albums, then we're sitting back, we're grabbing a couple brews, and going over everything to do in the world of pro wrestling. Because we're from Winnipeg, you idiots. You think that through violence, we can be shut down. You may stop us physically, your ideas will be around. Think our hopes will be forgotten. When we're dead and gone, but just like Martin Luther King, the dream will still live on. Ideas are bullets.
on your grasp. They constantly resurface all their origins and past. We have fought an uphill battle, yeah, we fight the right to run. They have beaten us for now, but we will come back twice as strong. I did it! I bullet through! You can't kill me! I did it! That was the legendary The Pissed. From, that's the title track from, the, I guess, they're most known for their Ideas Are Bulletproof record. Yeah, I'm surprised. It took, it took 17 years before we finally played The Pissed on the show. I, I don't know. I, you can't, you can't just... You we're can't slacking. get to everyone. Yeah, yeah, we're getting old, dude. We're getting old. Yeah, yeah. Um, but if you don't mind, I think it's just about time to bring this crazy train into the station. I want to thank. Speaking of crazy oh. train. Oh, oh, good. My, my son ha- has gotten to the point where he recognizes the song and then just likes to likes to hurt me <laughs> and be like, "Dad, is this Barracuda?" I'm like, would you please? Oh, stop? what? <laughs> and then he just chuckles because oh. he says it today. He's like, oh, Barracuda. My wife's like, no, this is a crazy train. And I'm like, yeah, honey, he's only doing that to upset me. And, and he smiles. He goes, yep. <laughs> right on. I taught him well. I taught him well. Oh, yeah. See? Okay. You think the kids don't listen to you. Oh, they don't. Trust me. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. You just don't really, you don't really notice. And that's probably, and this is a, an idea I want to run by you since we're kind of talking about yeah. it. But uh, we're parents, okay? We've, I've been there, done that. My kid is growed. You know, yours. You've you've still got some young ones. We have to get another meddler punk parent on the show and talk about you know parenting within the scene i think that's something that we we that kind would of be a good to one to get um the coffee bean occulta on for yeah well he's got he's got 37 children truck. he's got 800 kids yeah, yeah. <laughs> so so everyone www dot True Cavalt Coffee. Go and buy a lot of coffee because not only is it great stuff, but like I said, the guy's got 500 kids. So, and it's always a blessing every time they've announced, you know, another one on the way. It's it's always been a blessing. How can uh, people get a hold of us? Well, dear snowman, it's been so long. I have no idea. Just oh, kidding. Geez, yeah. All right. <laughs> Drop us a line at rapmetal666 at gmail.com. If you want to see pictures, head out to facebook.com slash rapmetal. Or mm-hmm. that, that's where I'm most active. You true. seem to be the Instagram guy, and I'm the Facebook guy. Yeah, I am the Instagram guy. I, I just, I, I like just pictures without the drama. You know, um, but then <laughs> yes, on yes. Instagram at Red Metal Six Six Six, you can find us radioactivemetal.org. All the episodes are there, all of them, past, present, and future. Anywhere you can listen to a podcast, you can find us. Whether that is the Apple Podcast app or things like Stitcher or Spreaker, 
And thanks to the fine folks at the Shining Wizards Network. Mm-hmm. That is shiningwizardsnetwork.com. Whole host of lifestyle and wrestling podcasts. Because of them, we are also on Spotify. So you go to Spotify, you look for the Shining Wizards Network, you'll find us out there in great company. And they also host our sister podcast, uh, Wrestling Night in Canada, where the host sounds just like Snowy. Mm, good looking guy, yeah. Handsome, sexy motherfucker. You betcha. You know? And yeah, I'm next episode of, of uh, Wrestling Night in Canada. I am going to be doing a deep dive into the Iron Claw, so... Um, for all of our crossover listeners, there will be some spoilers, but go out and see the movie now. So there's no issue there. So that way I don't get a ton of emails. No, you ruined it. It's the best movie ever. And you didn't, you didn't. I'm telling, I'm telling you now. Yeah. So, I can say yeah. I'm looking forward to that episode. I'm going to have to go out and listen to that one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, um, I guess that's it. I do want to say once again, Aaron, thank you so much for not only this episode, but the upteen years you and I have been doing this now and always, always stepping up. And, you know, here's to um, a fantastic 2024 and to all of our listeners as well who, you know, tune in every week. This is why we do it, you know, and let's um let's 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 keep this radioactive metal juggernaut like let's just keep it going and bowling over shit all year uh to get us on out of here how about how about a radioactive metal alum okay it was it was such a thrill okay even even though it was just it was over the skype you know, but it was such a thrill to be interviewing. Uh, well, this was years ago now. Holy geez, got to get him back on. But when we spoke to Paul Speckman from Master and just a number of great death metal bands as well, that was definitely one of my highlights from the album Vindictive Miscreant. Let's go out with some Master with Stand Up. And be counted. And no, it's not the old Venom. It's not a cover of the old Venom song. In the meantime and in between time, that's it. This has been a 2020-24 episode of Radioactive <laughs> Metal. I'm Snowy White. And this is Aaron. Signing off.
With the will to survive 